me down. I'm sitting in a railway station, got a ticket for my destination. Oh. On a tour of one night stands, my suitcase and guitar in hand. And every stop is neatly planned for a poet and a one-man band. This way. Let's just pause right there. So we start with a beautiful song, stunningly beautiful song by one of the greatest American songwriters to ever pick up an instrument. And then we go into this. Not cool, Glee. Not cool. Just know you're not alone. I'm gonna make this place your home. Every day is an endless stream. Good evening, Jennifer. Good evening, Ed. Good evening, Josh. Welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh and Ed. And actually, before I go into this spiel, let's just click right over here and we'll let someone else do it for me. I'm calling to help Josh out a little bit. This is Tiffany from Memphis here for the Gleeful Podcast. You can find the show online at gleefulpodcast.com. Josh swears he reads each and every one of your emails, so drop him a line at gleefulpodcast at gmail.com. You can leave a voicemail at 424-258-GLEE. That's 424-258-4533. Keeping it brief and making it funny are the keys to getting it played during the show. You can join in the conversation with all of the other Gleeful fans on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com and search for The Gleeful Podcast. And all major announcements are made via Twitter. So you can follow the show at Gleeful Podcast. You can follow Josh at Josh Brunel, Jen at Jenny B. Creative, and Ed at Edward Giordano. And if you're feeling particularly generous, then pick up a Britney Bingo t-shirt exclusively at GleefulPodcast.com. Back to you, Josh. Darn right. That was epic. That was epic. That was impressive. That's better than I've ever done it, and I've done it for 125 episodes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> thank you, Tiffany. Yes, yeah, so uh, thank you very much, listener Tiffany. I think we're going to play that at the end of every show. Heck yeah. It's just going to save us all time and effort. Uh, but then we can't make fun of you when you screw it up. Oh, It's true. It is true. That is it's, half the it's game, isn't it? my favorite game, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, welcome to the Gleeful Podcast with Josh, Jen, and Ed. You can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com. I don't even have to say that anymore. Just, just, okay. How, <laughs> he screwed up me! What's your, <laughs> your temperature of the episode, Jen? That's what you there should say. <laughs> we are back tonight to discuss the latest episode entitled Thanksgiving. Everybody came for home for Thanksgiving, which also happened to be the same night as sectionals. Shocker. Glad somebody <laughs> asked why the heck that was. Um... And do they ever give a good reason? No, of course not. Okay. That'd be too easy. Uh, but we are back to discuss said episode. And uh, I guess we could just dive right in. Or do we want to say, Jennifer, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. How are you, Josh? Um, I'm a little stressed out. I got a lot yeah. of stuff going on. Uh, if you haven't checked it out or if you don't follow me on Twitter, you should go to YouTube and you should search for Condom Inspectors, which is a short that I wrote for Yum Yum F, Justin Lin's YouTube channel, starring Jenna Hayes. And if you don't know Adult. who that is, don't Google it while you're at work. <laughs> as well as Aaron Takahashi, who you probably recognize from a thousand shows like Rain and Normal. And uh, I wrote the short, and a very talented uh, award winner named Keegan Wilcox directed it, and Yum Yum F has it on their page, and you should watch it, and you should share it. And uh, if they we get a gazillion hits, then they might give me two dollars. So that'd be awesome. I'm a big fan of dollars. And just just you know, just to give everybody a heads up, it's on the naughty side, obviously. Yeah. However, it's not completely not safe for work. <laughs> 
It's just some of the sound effects are more graphic than any of the images you'd see. There so. you go. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Let's put it like that. That's my uh, that's my parental guidance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you I don't even know what to, to, to all of our under <clears throat> fourteen year old listeners, uh, you grew up with the internet, so this isn't surprising to you. Just don't watch it with your parents in the room. Let's put it like that. Wow. Uh, so <laughs> our under fourteen year old listeners are like, oh, Jenna Hayes. I prefer her early work. So, you know, it's, it's the, the, the modern children, children of today, are not the children that, uh, that we were, mm. young, young squires, says the old man in the corner. Uh, and that's, uh, that's about what's going on for us. Ed, how are things in Florida? Um, uh, uh, they're, they're fantastic at the moment. Um, I, mean, I've, I finally am completely over my sickness, and then I went to Beer Garden Restaurant today and. <laughs> Germany, which is which is on my bucket list for. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I took it was Josh's so birthday. Good. There was so much good sausage and so much good cheesecake. It was ridiculous. And that sounds like a really good party you might go to. The beer garden. Come on, that joke. Beer. Nobody. No, not okay. even a chuckle on that. That was a good Your joke. Your mind is in the gutter. That tonight. was a good. No, joke. there was good. There was there was good fresh sausage, good smoked sausage. There was really good potato dumplings. It was roll through delicious. It. <laughs> and, and, and beer? I, and, Any beer? And we, and we, you, what? Oh, there was beer, but it wasn't free. So I was like, no. Mm. Or it was, I mean, it was ridiculously expensive. And I just got Moosehead later when I went to Canada, which is delish. I love Moosehead. <laughs> I like Canada. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. concerned about, like, oh, my God. In thir- like, just 30 days, no more Disney, no more employment. Oh, my God. I'm, oh, 30 I'm, days? Really? I'm, like, nervous. Where are you going to go? excited for the future. I, I, at the moment, I'm bo- moving in b- back with Dita, but that's, like, the only plans I have. I, <clears throat> I'm i trying to just go with the flow and see where life takes me. Wow. And wow. Dita's back in Indiana? Yeah. she Well, she bought a, a, a... Like, literally, I left May 16th, May 18th, and she bought a house June 1st. So, wow. So, I haven't, so, wow. My, so, so my stuff got moved to the new house, but I haven't seen the new house <laughs> so i'm excited but you'll take it yeah exactly oh, yeah, you will oh, yeah i will gladly take it at the moment i'm <laughs> I, I don't wow. i don't know what's gonna happen but i think i think like in terms of like i have some i'm hoping i'm hoping since I, there's literally gonna be nothing holding me back in january i'm gonna go hog wild on some creative projects and hopefully awesome you know, there you go make them make them reality there's <laughs> nothing holding me back there's, wow. there's currently a, ch- a conversation in the chat room about Jenna Hayes. Uh, if you do Google her, it's H-A-Z-E because in her profession, that's how you spell things. And um, the other thing is that someone said she looks like sugar. Kind of. Kind of. She does. She's about as tall, too. And, I mean, she's a tiny person. She's rather uh, natural for a girl in her profession. Like She's, <laughs> she's very... Um, well, and that that makes her actually unique, as opposed to the overly enhanced, overly sculpted yeah. ones. Oh, and uh, typo reminded me of something as well. Rise of the Guardians is out. My day job being at DreamWorks, and I worked really hard on Rise of the Guardians, um, and it's not doing very well. So go see Rise of the Guardians. It's really fun. It's, it's beautiful. A beautiful, like some of the best animation you will ever see. Like no yeah. joke, some of the best visual animation anyone's ever done. Uh, they like. Since I work in technology, I'm like, oh, we built all this really cool technology to do it. But no one cares about that. It's just a gorgeous looking movie. And it's a really fun movie. I mean, it's not the best thing we ever made, but it's super fun to watch. And and do it for Hugh and Alec. Hugh Jackman and, and Alec Chris Baldwin And Chris. And Jude. Chris. Oh, g- 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 Chris Pine. Pine. Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, and yeah. so, uh, so Ed, the German restaurant, um, yes. is that the one where there's like a stage and a band plays? Oh sometimes? my God. Yes. We saw the German band. We always saw, uh, me and Giovanka were like, we always see those guys in the break room, but we're like, <laughs> we never, we never like seen them work. It in was their so lederhosen? Cool they were, yeah, they were in their, they were in their traditional Bavarian lederhosen. Nice. It was good time. Definitely, wow. definitely recommend Beer Garden Restaurant, even though we realized the second we walked in that we probably, the two of us, lowered the mean popula- uh, uh, 
age, the mean <laughs> age of the entire like room by like a lot by entering. Like, like yeah. everyone, everyone was either like fifty plus or ten minus. Like we were that weird. <laughs> But it was delicious. I don't know why. It's just I, I could see why because Germany doesn't have the same like appeal as Japan or China or Mexico or like, yeah. I mean, Canada. when somebody said like when you're when you're not when you're looking for exotic, I don't think anybody goes like let's go to Germany. That sounds you know. Exotic. But but I mean, like there was some there was some. Leg- oh my god, the the apple strudel was amazing. Well, and the Bavarian cheesecake. Julia Barker got three slices. Wow. Well, <laughs> there you go. Okay, so. Germany was the only place that I had eaten in Epcot in a sit-down restaurant. And when I went years ago, it was, they actually had a waitress come over. <clears throat> so I thought it would be kind of fun when I took Josh to uh, Disney for his 30th birthday. And so I made reservations there, also because everywhere else was booked. Booked. And it was June, and it was impossible. And I thought 30 days out was good. Couldn't even get into Mickey's breakfast. I was really annoyed about that so um so you took him there and it had changed quite a bit and it was still fun but we were at a table with a father and two kids and yeah they obviously about, didn't like, like each other and oh yeah oh they were miserable like there was like two, two teenage a kids. family on each side of us that was both miserable yeah and we're stuck in the oh. middle like excuse me going for more beer our our table our table was four couples and they were all all the other couples were 60 plus except for me and Giovanka. Wow. We're like, we're like, we're like uh, we'll just eat. <laughs> well, uh, it's funny because this is probably the longest intro we've done. I know. And uh, the of... irony being, this is actually a fun episode. I, I didn't oh. love it as much as Dynamic Duets, but I really enjoyed it was this episode. Solid. It was solid, but it was I don't know. I just I I feel like the Rachel Kurt storyline is just distracting me. Like I want to accept the two Like I want to accept them, and then like being constantly reminded as by Rachel and Kurt. It's like it's like takes us out of there, and then everyone else who graduated from Glee are has, like who are like they suddenly entered a time warp where they're all become successful within a year. <laughs> like like so either you're a senior in high school or you're successful. There's no. It, it is frustrating that like. Finn is the least successful one uh, by and uh, and not even like least successful in that he seems to be doing really well for who Finn is and for what Finn wants to accomplish in his life. But it, yeah, I mean, they've all been out of school for six months and like Mercedes is already singing backup and and uh, uh, Quinn is already going to parties at like the Kennedy's house or no Jodie Foster's house is what it was. It, it definitely it wouldn't suck to have one of these people be vaguely normal. <laughs> like, well, to have Sandy Tantana is kind of normal. And yeah. Puck is That's true. he's 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 you know taking pictures on Hollywood Boulevard. That's that true. is not success. Is not you success. know exactly where they are in the you know the food chain of the entertainment world. Uh, there's a documentary on everything if you uh, want to look for it. It's on Netflix and Amazon and everything. It's called Confessions of a Superhero, and it's about the actual people that do what Puck does in that scene. They dress up as superheroes. They stand or in celebrities. Front of, yeah, or lookalikes, yeah. Uh, or horror movie characters, there's a lot of those as well. And they stand in front of Grauman's Chinese Theater, and you can take pictures with them. Uh, they're not supposed to ask for money, but they totally do. Uh, it's That is a huge network, and they keep trying to get rid of them, but it's public property, so <laughs> they can't really get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many. There is... There are dozens. It's crazy on yeah. a Saturday afternoon. So I don't think anybody's doing that, but I mean... Okay, Mike. Mike is having an average college career. <clears throat> Santana seems to be okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say that they came back wildly successful. It's just that they at least seem to be getting what they're looking for. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I mean, yeah, the problem is, um, and as as like really, what I feel is the central issue I'm having with Glee right now is that I still feel it's three shows. Mm-hmm. I still feel that there's a show about uh, New York, there's a show about the 2.0s, and there's a show about Tina and Artie uh, and Sam, etc. And that those three shows are totally unconnected. But, def- but you could definitely like you definitely have to admit that the the seniors are much closer connected to the 2.0s than Kurt and Rachel. They're just like. Oh, of course. Yeah, that is very disjointed at this point. But when they have a scene together, like the incredible off chance that like Blaine will be 
singing a song and you'll see him standing next to Kitty. It just looks weird. Like they don't feel like a cohesive whole right now. Mm -hmm. And it feels like two separate clubs because they never have storylines where they interact. Well, not never, but it's so incredibly rare that there are storylines where the upperclassmen um, interact with the lowerclassmen. And Mm -hmm. so it is, it's hard. Like that, that struggle for me is still frustrating um, because of that, you know, and, and then if you were to have the old pe- old people come back, like if Mercedes were to come back and be like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. I went out to L.A. and it's not really working out. Nobody likes me. It's like all of this plot that the show just straight up doesn't have time for. So even though it frustrates me that everybody seems to be coming back and doing so well and is so freaking happy, I just don't think the show has time to deal with them not doing well and not being happy. <laughs> There's just too much going on. Ed, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying, I mean, it's realistic that the seniors are interacting with seniors and freshmen are interacting with freshmen. Oh, totally. Uh, that's like, that was my defense. Like, that's kind of realistic. And, mm-hmm. and like, it's weird to see them, like, all on stage together. And I was thinking, I was like, I was when I was watching Some Nights again, I was like, you know, it's so weird having, like, Tina and Artie, the original Don't Stop Believing, and then all these other people. <laughs> it's like, the, yeah. It's like, they're like the survivors. We're the lone survivors. And, it, and honestly, like, there's a there's a part of me that really thinks what they should have done is just had all of them graduate, like have Tina and Artie leave the Glee Club or go off and do other things and just have Finn coaching an entirely new group of kids. I mean, yeah, Saved by the Blow, the new class sucked, but we, we but can try I, to do I better. I appreciate having you know? Tina. Like, I feel like this, like, I mean, at least this year is like Tina being self-aware and like, and yeah. that's... And I and like I wouldn't want to miss that. Well, or at least it's this year is Tina getting the opportunity to, to voice it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She has a chance to complain. She and, never had a chance to complain. Yeah, and, and, and like this and there's like only so line much more opportunities for her to like have solos, like because because like, she's the only uh, Asian kid. Somebody has to sing. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I mean, no, but she's like, there's not like, like even like putting Tina against Marley versus Kitty. You're like, Tina could compete with them. Like it isn't like. It isn't like Rachel and Mercedes Santana. Like, Tina actually can compete with them. <laughs> um, well, let's go ahead and we'll listen to a song. Uh, we haven't talked about too much, but let's dive right in. Let's go to New York. Um, and it'll be. Int- I'm very curious to hear what you guys think of how this one went down. So here's a bit of I ha- uh, Let's Have a Kiki mashed up with Turkey Lurkey Time. Uh, featuring Sarah Jessica Parker here on the Gleeble Podcast. I think it's worth it for Let's Have a Kiki to give a little background on how this song came to be so we can understand a little bit because this has to be one of the weirder Glee moments, in my opinion, mm-hmm. of, if not the show, the season. But, and you've seen it before like, live. Not, not quite Barbara Streisand, but better. Better than that? Well, so. so here's the thing. Um, there are a few bigger Scissor Sisters fans than Jennifer and I. Uh... Josh, there's few bigger Scissor Sisters fan than me. Jennifer, Tada is one of your favorite records. You listen yes, to Tada. I, I love it. Their second love record it. is not, amazing. 
Yes. Their first two records are absolute masterpieces. So great. Records three, record three is got some is hit and miss. Record four is mostly miss. Um, the the thing about Let's Have a Kiki is that this song is a massive hit in every other country that isn't the U.S. And it has this really hardcore. Uh, gay and drag following where like people do covers of this on the internet like if you google you go so on youtube many. and search for let's have a kiki there's hundreds of videos recreating the dance it's a very specific dance they kind of do it partially in the show if you see them live they do it totally there's a video the music video for let's have a kiki is just the band doing the dance one shot and it's kind of sad because the guitarist just sits and shakes a tambourine because he's not a part of the dance. But <laughs> it's, I mean, so there's a huge culture around Let's Have a Kiki. Um, but if you're not a member of that culture, I think you just don't get it. And even though this is one of my top five favorite bands, I don't really get this song. Like, it's kind of my least favorite song of theirs. Like, there's about 10 songs they could have done by by the Scissor Sisters that would have made my year and this just wasn't yeah. even in the top 50, you know? <laughs> but all that is, I still really enjoyed their interpretation of it. I, I liked what they did with it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I didn't know what they were saying about Je- Sarah Jessica Parker. I'm like, wait a second, is she, you know, is she saying <laughs> that she's a transvestite? I didn't know. But I just, I thought it was so much fun. I thought that, you know, all the different characters interacting with it and then yeah, even throwing in the mashup I thought was kind of silly. And that whole scene actually really worked for me. But I think because I had seen, I've seen that video so many times because it's, it, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. But you, I catch something different every time. And it, but yeah. it's fun. And I really, I do like them the, a lot. The music video of the band doing the dance is pretty entertaining. Yes. And then when you see them live and they do the dance live, it is pretty entertaining. But yeah, I mean, as a song, and I didn't get, I didn't like the mashup element of it at all. I felt it kind of awkward. <clears throat> it was also kind of funny that the entire concept of a kiki is it's a party for girls and gay men and guys aren't allowed, straight men aren't allowed. And so Brody was just like, well, this is kind of weird. Like, like what's it? <laughs> why was I here? But um, I don't know. I still thought it was fun. I still enjoyed it. It didn't, yeah. didn't work for me. But I'm glad. Ed, uh, I don't know if you have that much background on kiki. What did you think of the song? I was like, what is this song? <laughs> I was very confused. Yeah. But, then, but then I was like, what's a kiki? And just as I asked that, Kurt went into explaining it. Yeah. That is handy, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, what is a kiki? And then Kurt was like, explaining it. Like, perfect. It's also worth noting that Jake Shears, the lead singer of the Scissor Sisters, and Ryan Murphy are close friends. Yeah. So... Sometimes uh, it's taken this long for a, yeah. a Scissor Sisters song. But when you when you, when you you see, you know, Scissor Sisters perform, like, she's just so captivating. Like, you just can't help, you know, watch her. How could you do a Scissor Sisters song and not do I Don't Feel Like Dancing? I agree. I, I would have I'm loved to hear I Don't Feel Like Dancing. I'm surprised I didn't come dancing. out. Long Fire ago. with Fire would be a great closing number at the end of an episode. Only the Horses would be an amazing number at the end if you want to go off the new record. There's a <clears> ton <throat> of Scissor Sister songs they could do. I, I don't feel like dancing would be a killer glee number. No question. And you could have Brad play and the intro like on the piano. Oh, we saw him the other day at the movie theater. <laughs> and he did. was on crutches. He's on crutches. He hurt his leg. Hope you're feeling better. And Brad... The piano guy. <laughs> <laughs> we just we see Brad at the movie theater. I know. That's apparently and, the only time we see Brad. And different movie theaters. It's not like we go to the same one. <laughs> uh, so, and then to have Kiki and Gangnam Style in the same episode. I don't really know. It's like, sort of jumping the shark a little. It, <laughs> it was a little desperate. It was a little desperate. Let's, But let's talk a little bit about uh, New York. Uh, we had, you know, Brody and the kids in New York. Um, and, and the orphan party, which I thought was kind of a cute idea. I've definitely been to a few orphan parties in my life, and I've they hosted are, a couple. Yeah, orphan parties They're are necessary. Fun. You gotta you gotta <laughs> do that a couple times in your life. Um, I don't know. I'm still having a hard time connecting to Kurt and Rachel. I just feel like they fill time between the rest of the episode. And they okay when you more than the other graduates, they feel like to me the ones that have taken the. The, the the furthest departure, not not just geographically, but everything about them. They don't look, they don't dress, they don't live like eighteen year olds or nineteen year olds. You know, give them. Well, I mean, they're they they're, they have conflict in their life. I'm not saying they don't have conflict in their life, but their conflict in their life is like 
I'm not interested in it. Like, yeah, yeah. And the whole thing with Brody, I'm like, come on. Like, and between <laughs> one dance, okay, I was like, I was totally on Brody's side. I'm like, whatever, it's your own fault. You went back to Finn, and then, and then Rachel was all angry, which is whatever. But then she got unangry like after two seconds of talking to him. Yeah, like, well, he told her we're adults, and this is how adults behave. So she's like, okay. She's like, okay, yeah. you're right. Oh, well, that works. And the oh, other thing, too, let that, me look at yeah, your. She forgave him real easy. Yeah, and the other thing that pissed me off is that. You know, it's like she's right. You know, kids pay thousands of dollars to go to the school, not only to be taught by a T, you know, by a professional and not a TA. And then he talks with her for three minutes and then looks around the rest of the room. Okay, now do it again like you're trying. You weren't <laughs> even watching them. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I'm, and the thing that pisses me off is that Nia, uh, that she's, you know, so desperate to get into this performing arts school. And apparently all she's doing is taking one dance class and nothing else. No, she knows she took. She was at Whoopi's class. Yeah, she is in Whoopi singing class. Thing. You're absolutely right, Ed. Uh, but I think the thing people most are going to want to talk about in this episode is the phone call uh, when yes. Kurt and Blaine had their phone call. Um, it was a little strange for me because this was the only scene we got from Kurt in this entire episode, uh, and that kind of stuck out to me for some reason. But I thought it was a really sweet moment. I thought it was really well done. Um, you know, like, Darren, Darren's not the best actor in the world, but he does this really well. Like, he yeah. does longing and mm-hmm. pained extremely well. And I just thought, you know, it was a really is nice that a, moment. Is that on his acting resume, longing and pain? Yeah, exactly. It's on the bottom. It's on the, the uh, special skills next to juggling. Wearing his heart on his sleeve. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, okay, Kurt did have, I think, two, maybe three other scenes. One when he was talking with Sarah Jessica Parker about, you know, what they're doing at Thanksgiving. One with Rachel, you know, talking about what they're going to do at Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. and then, um, yeah, and then the Thanksgiving scene. But oh, yeah, this I is th- Darren's only scene. Oh, I thought you said I thought you said it was Kurt's only oh, scene. Oh, I might have. Oh, okay. <laughs> y- yeah, I mean, I I loved that scene. I thought that was really wonderful, and uh, quite a quite a a leap for Kurt, but I think a really sweet and tender and honest one Mm. to, you know, to, you know, say, I'm still hurt. I'm still mad, but you know, you're still a part of my life and let's talk next month. Yeah. He said, we need to have a grown up conversation. And I thought that was really, really huge. And I don't know. I felt a lot for that. It was a really sweet, real moment. You know, it, it was a very sweet, real moment. And that's how you feel around the holidays. And, you know, I thought that was uh, I thought that was really nicely done. That, it, it was cool. I mean, it totally were for me. Ed, Kurt and Blaine, how'd you feel on this one? I mean, I want I want them to get together because I don't know. It just seems right. And I, I feel like they're making I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, I don't want to say they're making a bigger deal out of it than it is, but that's how I feel about it. Even though, you know, people will disagree. I'm sure. You talking about you the cheating see. part or the she, the cheating? Like, like Kurt was being emotionally unavailable. It wasn't like Blaine just did it out of spite. He was just looking for, he was just looking for that compassion, which I realize that isn't the best excuse in the world, but it, it is an excuse. So it's and it is like, somewhat understandable. And and they like. And he like literally came to William McKinley for Kurt, and then Kurt left. Mm-hmm. And then Kurt was like, it wasn't like it wasn't like Blaine wasn't making an effort. Blaine was making a solid effort to. You even visited, like, but, <laughs> like he literally even visited. And it's like Kurt. So, like I don't know. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna just be sympathetic with Kurt just because Blaine cheated. That's, it, I guess it's where hmm. I guess it's ultimately what I'm saying. Well, there's always you know there there are always going to be two camps on cheating. You know, there's always going to be the it takes two to tango camp, and the always wrong 110 percent of the time no forgiveness ever camp. Uh, it'll be interesting to show where or to see where the show goes, or if it even bothers to acknowledge it. I mean, there's more than enough shows on television that uh, you know two scenes after somebody cheats, the other one goes. Uh, yeah, okay, cool, we're good, and I forgive you, and it never gets mentioned again. And then, you know, but the, it'll be interesting to see if they do have this grown-up conversation, or at least if we get to see it. Um, but yeah, you know, it's a, it seems like a very honest continuation of their of their relationship, and I really don't 
care to watch Kurt start dating in New York. Not that, you know, in real life, I, I think he could do very well dating in New York. Uh, but as far as the show goes, like the introduction of new characters, I'm like, we got enough characters. Let's Yeah, slow we do down. not need any more. We gosh. don't need any more characters. The chessboard is full. <laughs> the chessboard it is full of characters. Um, so, Lots of uh, them out. <laughs> yeah, so, the, but uh, let's go ahead and listen to a song uh, before we move on to talking a little bit about sectionals. Uh, let me find a song here. We had two Warblers numbers in this episode. Here is a bit of Whistle, as performed by the Warders here on the Gleeful Podcast. Can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle, baby, let me know. Girl, I'm gonna show you how to do it, and we'll start real slow. You just put your lips together, and you come real close. Can you blow my whistle, baby? Whistle, baby. Here we go. So, Ed, how do we feel about the new Warblers? We have a new front man on the Warblers, though he did only do one of their two songs. And uh, uh, they seem a little, I don't know, I guess they're kind of the same group. I feel a little bad for, who's the one blonde guy who's been in the Warblers since the very oh, beginning and has, like, never gotten a lead? I think he's the beatboxer. But, like, throw that man a league. He's been in the Warblers longer than Darren has. Uh, how do you feel about, uh, how did you feel about these two numbers, Ed? I thought, I mean... I, well, as I was talking to Chewbacca, we watched the episode. I was like, you know, I don't know if I want if I want Warblers to win more or Country Bear Jamboree to go win more. Like, who, <laughs> like who, who won this? Oh, yeah, New Directions performed as well. Um, they were also there. Uh, I thought the whistle was really good, despite the fact that it was completely inappropriate. But despite <laughs> that fact, I mean, I guess... As you said at the beginning of the episode, this this year's seventeen year olds aren't are the seventeen year olds when I was seventeen year olds weren't when you were seventeen. Like these seventeen year olds are informed. Uh, so oh, I see because of the content of this song. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I I really liked Sebastian as the head of the Warblers, and I would have been perfectly so do I. fine. I, was, I don't know why Hunter hates. I mean, it's because they don't have. Because Sebastian couldn't be mean because he already had a exactly because he already had revelation, and I would have happily had Sebastian in that episode just say like, you know what, uh, we still get to be friends, but as far as Glee Club, you know, as far as sectionals because goes, the you're Glee my enemy. Rivalry, you're going down exactly, and I would have happily let Sebastian be evil again if he gave us a reason. I don't really need Hunter there. I didn't think he was that magnetic of a front man. Um, he's not he's not he's not that special in any way and he's he's just he's just there he's like he could easily just be warbler 17 like it doesn't it doesn't change anything that he's there exactly he like the two other uh heads of the warblers like when darren there were like two or three other guys that ran the warblers i don't remember them either and he could have happily been one of those it doesn't doesn't need I don't really need him. Jennifer, how'd you feel about the Warblers in this one? I completely agree with everything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean moving on. Yeah, I mean there there, well, there isn't, isn't a lot to say. Relish, relish. Yeah, there isn't a lot to say. And it's like yeah, I mean the, the new guy is a less impressive, uh, uh, a less charismatic Sebastian. So Yeah. But that said, like I did like the numbers. Yeah, and the numbers were fine. They were, they're always fine. <laughs> it's the oven. oven. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like the numbers. I think Actually, I don't know if really they good. purposely give the Warblers bland song selections. That's always my problem with the Warblers, is I think ever since Darren's left, the songs they've done have been incredibly boring. I mean, and I, I'll admit, like, Glad You Came, I think, is one of the stupidest hits ever, even though it's, it's, I call it that because it's a monster hit. But I think that song is inane. And these two songs, I didn't, 
I, I didn't think either of them were all that great as songs. But, you know, the Warblers are always, like, so tight, and they're so, you know, they're like robots. Yeah, their choreography is amazing. Yeah. They can all do incredible backflips or front flips or just flips. And, <laughs> and they're very entertaining. And they have those blazers. They don't have those, like, blow-you-away wow moments that we always got from Vocal Adrenaline, uh, which I think the show actually does a pretty good job of justifying why Vocal <laughs> Adrenaline always beats the Warblers. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they're, they're, they're more of... They're, they they all sing together. Like, they don't have a lead. Like, when Darren was there, Darren was the lead. And these other guys are leads, but not really, only just in the... Yeah. Near they're, the they're not leads the in the They actually have X Factor. They're just yeah. leads yeah. the fact that they have the most parts. They're the tallest. <laughs> <laughs> they fit they're in the, the middle. Uh, so... We'll listen to Glee do Gangnam Style in just a second, and we'll talk a little bit about oh, Glee, the New Directions do Gangnam Style in a little si- in a second, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, their performance at sectionals. But my question for you before we do that is Jennifer, Josh, uh, who won our sectionals, Gangnam Style, or the Mennonites, uh, or the Warblers? You know it. It's kind of hard because okay, so we we knew we know the Mennonites aren't going to win. They always bring in you don't know kind that. of a joke. This 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 time this <laughs> time they bring in the school for the it deaf. Could be, they it bring could in be the, different. The elderly people <laughs> every time they bring in essentially their joke team. Yeah. So that it narrows it down to two. And the Warblers are fantastic and they're consistent, but. Yeah, there isn't that real, like, wow moment. We only saw one performance of the um, New Directions, but I still think they're going to win. As far as who do I think should win? I mean, if it was just on performances, I would have to say the Warblers, just because that, I think, that that wasn't the, the best song. I mean, for New Directions, I don't think it was the best song. It was also mostly in Korean. I don't think that <laughs> that is going to resonate as well with, I don't know. I, I thought it was a fun choreography and a fun number, but I don't think that I, there was anything in that that was, as far as a Glee-type performance, that they should have won or, you know, what are they called, show choir. So I, I think that what's going to happen is Hold in on. the next episode they're going to New Directions is going to come out and they're going to have and they're going to be like do their other two numbers and those other two numbers are going to be so amazing. Or are they going to give Marley a sandwich and she'll like she'll rebound? Yes. Like it's no, like no. Popeye with her Blood spinach. Sugar. Ed, I did, okay. This is this is what I think is going to happen because it's, <laughs> okay. So the next episode is called Swan Song, but there's nothing. It there's is. no like. Just, there's no. There's no. We don't know anything about anything. Okay, this is what I legitimately think is going to happen next episode. They're going to Warblers are going to win sectionals, but but as reigning national champions, they automatically get an invitation to nationals. Oh, that's how you, they're going to play it like Karate Kid Part Three. Oh, I. Sure. <laughs> wow, thanks for giving that away, Josh. <laughs> like, could I have come the, up with a more? Doesn't that like? Doesn't that make sense? I don't. Know. I feel like it makes. Sense. No, I think I think that could totally. That'll to, or at least they'll get an invitation to regionals. You to know, compete. I could definitely see. You're totally. I yeah. can totally see that. Happen. And to finish their set. Yeah, or some group is going to drop out, and so they're going to be like, "Well, you're national champions, so we're just going to push you forward." Uh, yeah, you're totally right, Ed. I think I think that's definitely how it's going to go down in some Because because Marley's supposed to sing. Like they said, okay, so Finn when he was like going through the rundown, he's like, first Marley and uh, and whoever and Ryder are going to do are going to do a number, and then we're going to do Gangnam Style, and then then I'm like, why are you doing Gangnam Style first? And then then that happened because they like, oh. can't even follow continuity within an episode <laughs> i swear uh, did he did he not say that that like first marley and Ryder and then gangnam style we're gonna I, I take think, him i think he did i didn't i didn't catch it that closely but yeah i mean i think he also kind of you know jinxed them or you know was they was yeah, setting up by saying we've never them. <laughs> <laughs> no no but i mean by saying that new directions has never not one at sectionals so it's true it actually is true hmm. so this way they can all get in <laughs> let's um 
Let's do a quick uh, uh, Gangnam Style. I know you all are lis- looking forward to uh, listening to this song again. Uh, here's a bit of Gangnam Style as performed in the New Directions here in the Gleeful Podcast. Okay, so that's enough. So uh, the, the problem with Gangnam Style as a number is that that dance is supposed to look stupid. Like, by design, the Gangnam Style dance is stupid. That's why it's funny. Like, that's why you're watching Psy do it. It's funny that the dance is so dumb. And then when they come out and they do it, like, serious, like, you know, the Warblers just came out and did these two really serious numbers, and the Mennonites did this serious number, and then we're going to do Gangnam Style and try to make it serious. It's just weird, like... I had a really hard time with it, and they kind of felt under-rehearsed. Like, I swear, when they go into Tina for the close-up, she messes up the choreography, and they just use that take. I don't know. Uh, it was a weird number. I, 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 I don't know. I didn't really know how to feel about it. It was nice that Tina got a lead, though. Like, I was happy that Tina got a lead. And I feel like they've worn those dresses a hundred times now. And they just changed the sash. <laughs> yeah. But, I don't know. but, but uh, That makes sense, general, though. That, realistic budget. Yeah, exactly. realistic budget. That's the one thing that actually does make sense in all this. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree. I mean, they did some really choppy editing so that you didn't see how... Most of them weren't able to keep up or or follow any of it, so it was it was it was cut to to make it look more professional and more more seamless than it was. But yeah, I mean, I still thought it was fun. It was a fun number. It was like, big and it was fun, yeah. but I don't think it was you know sectional winning. It's it's what the new directions do. It's what makes them you know within the con- within the world of Glee. What sets New Directions apart from all the other teams is that they're the most fun team. They're the team that comes out and gives it 100% and gives it individuality and gives it heart. And that was definitely what came through and doesn't in a game style. Their numbers or doesn't even decide on their numbers until the episode. Exactly. They're that good. Sometimes they write the song the day before. Because <laughs> they're that good. Ed, how did you feel about Gangnam Style? They're not that good. They're not. Ed, what was your review of Gangnam Style? I mean... I like I like that song. It was fun. <laughs> I, it's it's fun hearing that song on radio. I'm like, are we like, are we finally approaching international music? Is that is that happening? It's like you hear it on the radio and you hear Spanish songs on the radio, so you're like, it's gonna happen. It's oh, gonna we happen. always do here. This is the uh, the most watched video California. on YouTube. It is uh, with yeah. over 840 million. Yeah. It is, and it, I think it is the most successful international song. Closely beating out. Um, Ocarina. Law and Justice. Uh, condom Inspectors. <laughs> condom Inspectors. Yeah, just barely. <laughs> uh, with my 23,000 hits. Um, yeah, no, it's it, it's massively successful. And it is fun. I mean, I think that Gangnam Style works with the video. Like, if I just heard it on the radio, I don't know that it would work for me. I don't because I don't have a radio. But uh, uh, yeah, the I video is don't fun. have a radio with the way you talk about radios. You're like, radios, what's that? I listen to I hear things on YouTube. I've heard all the hits. I know what's on the. I know what the hits are. You do, you download works. now whatever volume they're on every I every. <laughs> that's right. Just now, to keep up, like what's going I, on I'm, now? I live for now. That's what I call music. I think you know that just I'm that guy. Obviously, there. I mean, there. <laughs> those those compilations are good for people out of the know, but they're but they. I feel like they're like even like looking at their back catalog is like. A lot of these songs were misses, and you <laughs> included them because you were like, "I understand you have to take a chance," and you're like, "Well, this is a reputable artist." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, they they have to they have to assemble the song list before the songs actually become hits, so that when the song becomes a hit, you want to buy their record. So they do have to take a couple shots. They've stopped doing them though. I heard that they discontinue. They're discontinuing now. That's what I call music. What? Uh, <laughs> that's ridiculous. What is my life coming to? <laughs> This is like when Discovery Zone closed. There you go. Uh, that It's the end of the world. So we had Gangnam Style. Uh, and it was, you know, hey, I think it was fun. I think the real interesting aspect of it, though, was, of course, the drama of the 2.0s and the drama of uh, Marley and her body dysmorphia issues, as well as, you know, there was kind of a writer jake plot line in this episode i didn't really give a crap about it i didn't quite understand it but it seemed sweet i don't know i just didn't i kind of could have taken or leave it uh the marley episode the marley story though i mean 
you know, this is they found an issue that Glee hasn't really done yet. Like this is something that Glee hasn't really done. And I don't know how much of an issue like when I was a teenager, this was a every single show had a very special episode where one of the girls had bulimia. Like that was just standard practice on television uh, in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, today, I don't know that it's as common of a storyline, though. I, I appreciate so. that they're not that they're not just resolving it, though. I do I do appreciate that there's like there's like an overarching story arc that isn't like sectionals or nationals, like hmm. actually a character driven. Oh, over the course of multiple episodes, like they're not just wrapping this up in one episode. Like they could, like they could, it could have been wrapped up already, but they're like they're lingering, maybe because they don't know what to do about yeah. it. But whatever their reasoning is, I appreciate the linger. Well, or like two years ago when um, Mercedes was a Cheerio and drinking uh, what was it, lemon juice and sand, <laughs> and picturing all of picturing Tina as an ice cream cone, like. <laughs> we've we've had you know they've touched true. on a little bit. That's they didn't. True. It it wasn't anything that was really addressed other than don't do that. That's not good for you. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna be happy with who I am, and that's it. And then they moved on. But I mean, this show has dabbled in a little bit. Yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, they're going head on, and I respect that. Uh, I do think they're obviously ripping off a storyline from the first season of Facts of Life when Molly Ringwald was on it. Everyone can tell uh. that, I'm sure. Uh, but no, it's it's interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I'm not in love with uh, with the actress who plays Marley, but I think she's carrying it off okay. I, I, yeah. I have no complaints. I think it's working, and I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot of... There's a lot of heart in that character, and so you know it, it, it could definitely be going worse. Uh, I mean, yeah. If there is a next season, I'm back. I'm, I'm back and forth on that. I, I'm excited for the <laughs> 2.0s to take over, like, like, because then, because then the 2.0s will be the like. Well, I hope, I hope it just like draw, like I'm, I'm fine with these people. The extras just being brought on as like reserved for, as cameos every so often, and then like. The 2.0s are sophomores, and then, like, and the next... So, so Wade, Unique, Unique has to at least be a sophomore. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, yes. I think she, she has said to, that. Because she performed at that other school last year. Yeah, and I think so they to, said... She, oh, I think she was a sophomore last year, because I think that was a thing, that she was like, this is the first time this has ever all right, happened. So she's, so she's a junior now. I think that's right. Um... Joey's baby told the joke in the chat room that's so bad I don't want to say it on the show, but it was really funny. Can I read so I'll it? tell you all later. Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> when we go off, you know, it was that. It's that funny. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, it'll be. I mean, I I agree, Ed. I think that season five could be a really great year to just clean it the slate. Could be. Just make it, it out. Could be. I'm hoping. I'm hopeful. <laughs> but before I feel like, I feel like there, Lee just now in season four is like they figured out. <laughs> who they are they're like, like they're like like season one was like this is what we could be season two was like this is what we do and season four <laughs> is like this is this is what we like it's, it's like season one of parks but they figured it out by season two it just or even season three season three was so solid um <laughs> they finally figured it out i'm afraid they won't get that chance to like relish in figuring it out like i don't know if there's a formula but as long as things kind of make sense and we just and we just like take that leap of faith every week, it's yay season five train. Well, that's one of the interesting things about Glee. Like if you listen to interviews with the writers of like Parenthood or certainly I haven't heard this said, but the writers of any of the Law and Order shows, I'm sure would agree. Um, there's a certain formula to shows, you know, and even a show that you don't think there would be a certain formula to 99% of the time there is a formula to it. But from what I've read, the Glee writers don't have one. And I feel like every time you watch an episode of Glee, it does kind of feel like they're not 100% sure that they're going to be able to pull this off. I mean, from my perspective, that is one of the reasons I keep coming back. Because no two episodes of Glee ever really are alike. They're always well, kind just, of going out just, on a limb. I was just like thinking that when I was reading that um, Thanksgiving episode, so it was the 75, 75th episode. And then, like, traditionally, if you make it to 100 episodes, you get to go to syndication. syndication. Like, 
Glee is such a weird, like, it would be such a <laughs> to go into syndication, I like, like I just feel like, like, like to like watch it like every day, like, like, like have it on ABC Family or whatever on Monday through Friday. You're like, this is that would be like it would be such a weird show to see on that in that format. Yeah, I think it would take a lot of the impact out. I think it would, you know, it would. I think it would just not cheapen it, just soften it. You know, I just think if you're watching it in that well, such it, quick it, succession, it would, it's it not as it impactful. Feel like it, yeah. I feel like in retrospect, we're going to feel like, oh, it all kind of made sense. <laughs> That's funny. That's what I tell myself about Lost. When we do the rewatch. Um, <laughs> so there, I only have one more thing on my are list. We, are we do the re- Are we do a rewatch? We should do a rewatch. <laughs> no, we'll see. Let's wait for Glee to end the first time before we talk about watching it a second time. Um, I only have one more thing on my list to talk about before we uh, uh, go to some voicemails. That. We had the old schoolers come back, and for the most part, it was relatively uneventful. Though I did like the idea of like pairing them up; that was kind of a cool concept. Though I didn't, it didn't really come to anything. But the one thing that struck me was, I don't know how I feel about Quinn. So Quinn comes back, and the Quinn who like went off into the world, and you know, we kind of like we we kind of gave her her wings, and we set her off into the world to change an enlightened legs. person. Her legs. Literally. And then she comes back and she's like dating a married professor. She And she's got like a psychic therapist or something. Like that was a weird scene. And it seemed out of character for every other scene Quinn was in even. Like she, every other scene she was, you know, new Quinn. Like Quinn 2.0 from the end of last season. And then there's this one scene with Santana where it was this weird kind of odd first season Quinn I don't know it was strange strange scene and to me I just like they still don't know what to do with her it's like yeah she seems very grounded and together but they can't resist just putting her through every cliche possible it's like teen texting bad but you're gonna live <laughs> teen pregnancy bad but you'll be well, they fine couldn't, yeah, they wouldn't kill her that would be the easy you know, way she's the out. Kelly Kapowski teen queen. sleeping Boy. with you know, professor, yeah. bad, but Quinn she'll be must okay. Suffer. It's just, <laughs> or, or, well, not even that she must suffer. It's like Quinn just has to make bad choices because apparently she's too blessed in every other aspect of her life to make good choices and actually, you know, strive at being something better. I just, it's very frustrating and insulting. I, yeah, I, I think. I mean, yeah, it was just really frustrating. You're exact. That was the right word. It, it was just frustrating to have this scene that seemed so out of character for her. And and like I said at the beginning, if we're going to start getting depth from the graduates, let's get into depth with the graduates. Because I spend freaking a third of every episode with Rachel and Kurt, and I'm getting no depth from them. So <laughs> we're going to start putting depth on this stuff. Let's go for it. It was weird to have that. That didn't work. For There's me at depth all. in her eyelashes. Mm. Yes. The, the more intense Rachel gets, the longer her eyelashes get. Uh, but I, I think you like also just, hit it too. I think they still don't know what to do with Quinn. All this no. time later, they still don't know. It's what like to do she's with her. too pretty, so she's not sympathetic. So let's make her go through, you know, make every every you know teenage girl mistake. I mean, granted, I made three of those four myself, <laughs> but you know. I moved on. I, I think it's also worth it's noting that Qu- <laughs> Kitty's going to have to get some kind of justice here in reasonably short order because that kid is off the chain. And like, you know me and my, you know, I hate that everyone loves the characters that are totally evil. And if you knew in them knew them in real life, you would hate them to pieces. Um, she's a very entertaining character. I don't think she's any Quinn. I think Quinn was a much more entertaining, bad, much more entertainingly evil Yes. But Kitty, man, she is like she's actually causing like direct personal harm to people. Well, the other thing with Kitty too that she's her approach is more Santana. She grins with an evil grin at people, and she makes everybody know how scary she is. Whereas Quinn was always, you know, she was always a sweet girl, and mm. 
you know, very unsuspecting when she did something evil and manipulative. But Santana was evil to your face and didn't care what you thought of her. Like Santana didn't try to impedes any impede anyone or hurt anyone. That was Quinn's thing. And so Kitty's doing both. Yeah, but she <laughs> is. She is. I mean, and, and the thing is, if anybody falls for, um, you know, Kitty's kind words and, you know. They, they should have gone with their gut on that one. <laughs> That's a very good point. Let's listen to some voicemails. Here, let's start it off. Hey, Justin. So we love this episode. I mean, I was completely sold on it, loving every minute of it, buying into it, hook, line, and sinker, until let's have a kiki. Then the episode kind of lost me because that was one of the weird, over-the-top, are-they-high-glee numbers where they just do it and it never gets mentioned again. And Brody was the only one who wasn't in on it, and he didn't say what the hell is going on here. I am completely on board with what you're saying. New York overall was the weak point of this episode, but the stuff in McKinley was just perfect. For the seniors all coming back and seeing about how they're going to make this place our home, I was cheering up. I know they were just there for Thanksgiving dinner, but like Mulan, I wanted them to stay forever. And can I just say, hands down, the Warblers should win and did dominate this section. I could care less about Hunter, but seeing Sebastian take center stage again was great. It's true. I mean, Whistle is a despicable song, but their choreography was so good they deserved to win. And while it lost me around Let's Have a Kiki, the episode brought me back with Curtin Blaine's phone call. Darren's last cry just, I don't even know. It was so sweet and sad. I don't even know what to say. But then it probably lost me again in Gangnam style. We do have to give our props to Jenna, though, for learning Korean. True. But I don't want to say that it was racist, but there was something not 100% correct about having Tina being the one who sang Gangnam style. <laughs> Can we just say about the Jake and Ryder bromance? I'm buying it so much more than either of them with Marley. They're sacrificing things for one another and being cool about trying to stay friends. It's so cute. I ship it. It may have taken five months, but between Glee and now, I completely bought into Glee being on Glee more so than any other Glee Project member. I mean, he's the only one who doesn't scream Glee Project when he's on the show. And even Marley screams Glee Project. <laughs> they paired the original members with their 2.0 versions. It was a little bizarre and kind of went to show how bland the new ones are in comparison. But Santana does make a great mentor. Oh, and speaking of that plotline, put your hand in the air if you saw that ending coming. You can't see it right now, but we both just raised our hands. <laughs> Finally, Quinn's back, and she's sleeping with her teacher. Raise your hands if you're surprised by the direction Quinn's character is going. It feels like another crazy Quinn downward spiral in the making, and no one's there to slap some sense into her. Well, I guess Santana tried. And I love how they stopped fighting the minute Brittany was in the room. It's like when parents fight and they stop because the child entered the room. Anyway, we can't wait to hear what you three have to say, and I am genuinely looking forward to what's going to happen next week. Bye. <laughs> that is true. What yeah. was what was Santana's line after she got slapped? She was like, "She always was a great slapper." Or yeah, something like that. And I, I, okay, totally agree with uh, the Jake and Ryder thing. And then I totally agree about well, it was one other thing, and I totally lost it. <coughs> oh, the Tina thing. Mm. And that's the first thing I said to you. Like, I think I was I was IMing yeah. Josh today. I was like, okay. Glee at least usually has a sense to be a little self-aware and acknowledge, usually in the you know a weak joke, that they're going to be a little insensitive here. And the fact that yeah, they're they're having Tina, who pretty positive is She's Chinese. Korean. I just looked it up. She is Korean. She is Korean. Yeah. Okay, well then I take. <laughs> but it is. Ching. I mean, if they had. I think she, she might play a Chinese character, but she's oh. Korean in real life. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think mm. the character, I think Oh, you think Tina, Tina's Chinese? Chinese, right. Mm. I believe. I she believe. did get a Chinese F, so. <laughs> she got the Asian F. Asian F, that's <laughs> that, that's could That could be Vale. But yeah, and then the fact that, yeah, so I, I kind of felt the same thing. I'm like, at least you could have acknowledged it. And it could have been a bigger deal. You know, or have everybody do a verse. I mean, to have like to have, you know, unique do a verse of Gangnam <laughs> style would have been pretty hilarious. But the fact that they didn't even. OK, fine. So so they didn't. And Tina's going to sing it all. Why isn't this a bigger deal? Why aren't people talking <laughs> about that? Why isn't Tina? Yeah. You know, celebrating. It would have been funny yeah, to I, have Tina go. This is a little racist. That, and then we all would have gone. Oh, OK. Yeah. Exactly. They make an awkward joke about it, and then we we all. And all like, of a sudden, okay, it's, okay. it's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, let's go. This is a fun one. 
Hi, Josh, Jim, and Ed. This is Dave from Indiana. And I found uh, last week's Glee episode particularly entertaining because I am a Mennonite. And I just figured, you know what? I'm the expert here, probably one of the few Mennonite Glee fans out there. And so I figured I'd have a unique take on the episode. Obviously, my favorite part was the Mennonite Choir. And mm-hmm. I have to say, they got a few things right, a few things wrong. Yes, we have cars. Yes, we have radios. And... But the one thing they did get right is, yes, we can sing, and we do it well. Thank you very much. Anyways, overall, good episode. I can't wait to find out who wins and whether Marley is okay. Thanks. Bye. That's awesome. Well, thank you. The yeah. only other Mennonite we know of is Sarah on Face Off Season 3. Uh, and we got so many uh, male voicemails this week. It's usually we have, like, one, and it's Wes. Or Irish Mike. But we had a whole bunch of new male voicemails this week. So let's play another one. Here's Luke. Hey there, Josh, Jen, and Ed. Luke from North Carolina here calling to weigh in on the latest episode of Glee, Thanksgiving. I think we can all agree that in conjunction with last week's episode, Thanksgiving was probably the best episode since original season one. I mean, I don't know if they fired every writer that ever worked on season three or what. (laughs) <laughs> but it's definitely getting way better. What's not getting better is the new directions. The Warblers totally killed them at sectionals with Whistle and that one One Direction song whose name I can't recall right now. <laughs> it was incredible. <laughs> and even though they did steal the exact set list that my all-male a cappella group, the Testosterone, was going to perform in our next competition, <laughs> I'm okay with it because they totally blew Whistle out of the water. On the topic of whistles, somebody please tell that Hunter Clarington kid that it's impossible to sing and flip at the same time. Because not only does it look super unnatural, it really creeped me out that anybody has that much talent and made me cry a little bit. <laughs> um, on the topic of the New Directions, Marley and Blaine's duet, I'm sure, would have been great. But then again, Marley kind of collapsed because she was afraid to eat a Tic Tac. So, hope she feels better, but... yeah. I mean, I know that the New Directions have to win for this whole TV show Glee thing to work out, but probably the Warblers should win. And I'm not sure how I feel about the fact that the New Directions have to win just for the show to go on. Hope you guys like the message, and I can't wait to listen to it on the podcast. Bye. And thank you very much to you, Luke. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much all I have for the episode. Jennifer, do you have anything else? Um... I did. I know. I, I probably thinking back. It probably sounded like I was really dumping on the show, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed the storylines. I enjoyed the quick pace of it. I love the you know the little things that they threw in right off the bat. Though I think I would have been more moved by their you know homecoming if four of the six hadn't just been working together last week on a play. <laughs> That's true. You pointed that out. And <laughs> so it was cool to see you know Puck and Quinn. But um, I think that would have been more impactful. I mean, they, they should have just held on. Like, okay, fine, you knew Finn was going to be there. But, you know, the other three, we could have saved them for this episode. And, and it would have been something, you know, fun and exciting. That aside, it was still nice to see them all together. Um, I really did enjoy it. Um, nice to see that Emma is still around. And Yeah, that's right. She uh, didn't get a line, but she was in the show. She said hi to her husband. Oh, no, her fiancé. <laughs> her fiancé. And, uh, yeah, I think that was pretty much it. Ed, anything you got? Uh, no, I'm just... I mean, clearly... New Directions isn't going to win. That's all I can feel. That's all I <laughs> not can, that's technically, all I can. no. Well, we'll, well see. Course, I mean, not, 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 not actually yeah. either. Yeah. I think I think New Directions is going to go backstage at the beginning of the next episode. They're going to go backstage. They're going to figure something out, and they're going to come out and do something amazing. That that's how I think it's going to go down. But we shall see next week, and we will be back. Maybe to discuss maybe it, it involves Tina well. getting a solo. Like oh, hey, oh <laughs> give it to Tina. You can't perf- you can't perform. And you, have have you you've been holding a song from us, Tina, this whole time? They're going to be like, be, there must be a song that you could do. Right? They're, they're going to be like, what are we going to do? And then Rachel's going to walk in and be like, I, I just happen to be coming to visit. What's going on? I didn't technically graduate. Yeah, I'm still here. I, I can do this. I have two credits. Kristen Chenoweth film. is going to show up. Hey. 
Uh, There's a on G. <laughs> Ed, uh, would you like to thank any iTunes reviewers? Um, the only no. There's two new ones. Okay. Okay. Only, okay. One is Mladen Tasovic, and the other is Take Me to Epcot. I love. Aww. I like to be an Epcot person. That's very so, sweet. I think they named it after you. Or in homage. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. Uh, and you can find us online at gleefulpodcast.com on Twitter at gleefulpodcast I'm at Josh Burnell she's at Jenny B Creative he's at Edward (laughs) Giordano on Facebook to search for Gleeful Podcast Uh, just like that awesome (laughs) listener said at the beginning of the show Uh, go online and search for condom inspectors and watch it on YouTube and like it and put in a really nice comment Uh, because some of those comments are not so nice because <laughs> it's YouTube, and I didn't uh, mean to be so harsh. Go and you have thirty days to find Ed at Epcot. You have to hurry. Do not waste any time. You have thirty days. I know, right? And, and and then after that, I don't. Oh my god! I don't, then I don't you have to go to Indiana. Indiana. You'd much rather go to Epcot. That's all I'm saying. Can no, we go to? Can we go to? Um, can we go to Disney for Christmas? Uh, yeah, you Disney should come. World? You should come and you should get La Cellier reservations and make it for three. I'll be there. Jennifer and I are going to have a very long conversation here in a minute. <laughs> uh, for the Gleeful no. Podcast, Josh, Jen, and Ed, I'm Josh. I'm Jen. I'm Ed. Peace out. Be strong. <laughs> Good night, everyone. <laughs> Peace, adversity, with strength. Down.